People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. Oh my gosh, Lori, spring has sprung. It's so beautiful outside. It's gorgeous outside, isn't it? And we're stuck inside the studio. <laughs> Well, maybe someday we can make a soundproof studio outside. You know, when I was a kid and spring had come, it was so hard for me to go to school, you know, and and sit there and knowing that I'd look out the window. Our school had a lot of windows and I'd look out there and I'd see all the dogwood trees. Oh, they're beautiful. Beautiful pink and white flowers and stuff. And it was just so difficult, you know, to concentrate. I bet you were ready for spring break. I was ready for spring break. And And what did you do on spring break? Well, you know, other kids went wild and they had parties and they made out with girls. And you studied. Oh, no, no. I I actually, you know, had barbecues every night and and would just eat my way through spring break. (laughs) That's how you cope? That's how I cope. I I cope with everything. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, My home ec, because we got to cook things and I ate them. That's crazy. Did you have any subjects that you didn't do well in? I was terrible, terrible in math, like the the higher math. Business math, I was fine. But when we got into geometry and algebra. Calculus. I didn't even make it to calculus. You didn't make it to no. calculus. You know, I couldn't even read the title on the book. But uh, no, um, I was fine in regular math. But when it got to algebra, you know, when they started doing the X and Y, and I, I can't do it. I need numbers. I can't take away X or add Y, you know, and I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I hated it. Well, one of my favorite teachers when I was in second grade was uh, Mrs. Adams, and she had the best way of teaching us. We played spelling baseball, and it was interesting because we would have two different teams, and we all learned the words because we wanted to, you know, make a home run, because if you missed a word, then you didn't make a home run. So it was really interesting how Mrs. Adams involved us in learning about how to spell. And I think that's really the key to learning. Don't spelling you? baseball? No, spelling any word. No, but I'm saying it was the name of the game spelling baseball? It was called spelling baseball. You know, I actually had a very old teacher that used kind of a similar thing. She had spelling shuffleboard. How did that work? I don't know. Just old people play shuffleboard. Well, you know, today we have a, a wonderful guest. Her name is Dory Chattel. Well, I'll let you know if she's wonderful after the interview. Okay, okay. Well, she is the executive director of the Medical Education Institute, and she has developed this website called kidneyschool.org. And she's going to tell us all about it so we can learn how to go back to school and learn about kidney disease. Well, do you think the name of the school is kidneyschool.org, home of the fighting kidneys? <laughs> I don't know who their mascot is. We should ask her. We, we will. We will. Add, I, I love that idea. Home of the fighting, the mighty kidneys. Driving a cab in a Big Apple could really get on your nerves. With all the traffic, the noises, the rude drivers. Oh, watch where you're going, wise guy. Get some glasses. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the rude drivers. There's one thing I wish was a little louder or not so quiet. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. I know it's a big word, but you know what? It's a big problem. 
It's often referred to as a silent disease. I didn't even know what I had until I experienced weakness, achy bones, itchy skin, and sexual dysfunction. But you didn't hear that last one from me. Some people call it the bone disease because of the loss of too much phosphorus and calcium. But what you don't know, Mr. Smarty Pants, is that it also affects soft tissue like the heart, the lungs, the blood vessels, bada bing, bada boom, and that's about everything. So don't be a wise guy. Wise up and talk to your doctor about the big boy. Secondary hyperparathyroidism. Whoa, for crying out loud, do me a favor, Grandma. Get off the road and throw away your keys. Welcome. We have Dory Chattel here from... I uh, love Dory Chattel. <laughs> Isn't she great? I love her. Only met once and you love me already? I, because I've been to Madison and that's where you're from. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, what? It's snowing. It's snowing. And do you eat a lot of cheese, uh, Dory? Uh, do you have a cholesterol problem? Y- yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Is the cheese better in Madison than anywhere else in the country? Oh, probably. <laughs> Now, you came up with this online school for kidney patients. That's amazing. How did you think of something like that? We came up with that at a life options meeting in probably, oh my God, 2000 or 2001. No, a life options meeting. Do people have a choice of whether they want to live or die or what? (laughs) What does that mean, life options? Life options is a program of research and research-based education for people with kidney disease. And we used to have a multidisciplinary panel that actually met in person a couple times a year. They haven't done that in a while. But back when they did, we conceived a kidney school. A kidney school. Now, what, I mean, how did you come out? How come you didn't do a heart school or a liver school? Why is it kidney (laughs) school? Well, that would be because we were working with kidney disease. Stephen and I had a question. We wanted to know if you had a mascot. No. Would you like to provide one? You have lots. (laughs) Well, we, we just thought maybe, you know, kidney school, home of the mighty kidneys, Home of the mighty creatinine, you know, something like that. Clearly, we'll have to get going on. Do you have a basketball team or a football team or anything like that? (laughs) Cheerleaders. You wouldn't believe how many phone calls we get. People calling us up on the phone wanting to go to kidney school and not realizing that it's online. No, now, how does this work? You you log in and you you take courses online or do they all have to do with kidneys? I mean, is it for kidney patients who can't get to school or you just learn about kidney disease? It is just for learning about kidney disease and learning how to take care of yourself with kidney disease, and anybody can go on it 24 hours a day. Well, what kind of modules are on kidney school? Funny you should ask. I happen to have a list right in front of me. There are 16 modules, and the last one is actually just about live. Um, We're just in the final stages of programming it, but there's modules on... Um, kidneys and how they work, treatment options, working with your care team, following your treatment plan, coping, anemia, lab tests, vascular access, nutrition and fluids, that's our most popular one, Um, getting adequate dialysis, sexuality and fertility, which is hard to find info, staying active, heart health and blood pressure, rights and responsibilities, and then there's even one on alternative remedies, you know, so things like, you know, massage and acupuncture and whatever. Well, let's go back to the sexuality thing. (laughs) 
You can't scare me. Oh, I listen. <laughs> wait till you see my clothes off. I'll scare you. Um, listen, um, I'm producing this movie now, and there was a thing on in the movie that I questioned, and it said, "Did you warn the lady that if she donates a kidney, that it's going to affect her uh, ability to bear children in the future? Is that true or is that false?" I think it's a consideration, but I know of people who have donated a kidney and later gone on to have children and and been just fine. It, pregnancy does put an extra burden on the kidneys. Sometimes people's kidneys fail in pregnancy, but, you know, those wouldn't be people who would ever be donating a kidney because they get lots of testing before they can donate to make sure that everything's okay. Yeah, I've met several people, too, that have donated a kidney and have children, and it hasn't affected them. But there's always a possibility, you know, there's that one person who stands out and you meet them, and then it's horrific that that I think happens. it's movie talk. I don't think it's real, and I, they just want to And you make know about mo- movie talk, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, are, I just think Are any of the movies were... accurate out there anymore? No, I don't think any of the movies are accurate. The biggest misconception that I see in movies that uh, is um, if they don't get a kidney, they're going to die. You know, that one. I hate that message. I know. know. Isn't it frustrating? No, not true. I mean, Nancy Spaeth, who is the sort of the face of kidney school at this point, her kidneys failed in 1966. And she's on her fourth kidney, but she also did dialysis for years and years and years. And she still works full time and she had kids and, you know, she has a great life. Yeah, we know so many people that have done well, and, you know, it's such a negative example when they say, oh, if you don't get a transplant, you're going to die, and we both know people who have been on dialysis over 30 years. It doesn't make for good television and movies to say, well, you know, she needs a kidney or she's going to die, either that or she needs a kidney, so why don't you just go to dialysis and then, you know, we'll break for commercial. So it's it's much better to say that the person's going to die. Well, you said um, one of the most popular modules was uh, fluid uh, nutrition and fluid for people on dialysis. And I know that we get a lot of questions about that. What do you think that that's the most popular module? Since 92% of patients in the U.S. are doing in-center hemo, and they have a really complicated, challenging diet where they have to monitor sodium and phosphorus, and they have to watch their protein, and they have to limit potassium, and they have to limit fluids. It's so hard to balance all of those things that they really need a lot of help. And what this module does is it actually splits four ways. So it gives you the diet for in-center hemo and for PD with or without diabetes. Because the only thing worth trying to manage the complexity of an in-center hemo diet is trying to overlay the diabetes diet on top of it. But we do that for people and we make it easier for them. Well, you did that for a year, didn't you, Stephen? The diabetes diet and the dialysis diet? Yeah, I did. I was supposed to do it, but I wasn't very good at it. Yeah, I've heard of people saying, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to throw out the food and eat the box. It's true. I mean, there's just so many restrictions that, you know, I was okay with not eating oranges and bananas and avocados, but my gosh, the salt... And the fluid uh, restrictions, they were just impossible. And then phosphorus, everything has phosphorus in it. And then, of course, I'd go out, you know, because I lead an active life, and I'd forget to bring my binders with me, you know, and I'd go, well, I got to eat. I'm not going to be home for another 12 hours. Right. So I, I would eat food and hopefully take binders when I got home. Was it different for you, Stephen, when you went on home dialysis? Oh, it was much different. Uh, you know, the dietary restrictions on home dialysis are almost nil. Right. You did really well. It was amazing, Dory. I know you've seen it with several patients, but, you know, about a couple of weeks after Stephen being on home dialysis, it was like night and day. Oh, sure. I bet his color was better. I bet he had more energy. I bet he felt better. Yeah, it is. My color changed quite a bit. I was actually African-American. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I couldn't understand it, and neither can my wife. That must have been quite a shock for her. It was. Well, in your section about alternative medicine, what are some of the things that you bring up for people who have chronic kidney disease? It's really important for people to know that these sort of complementary and alternative approaches are not going to cure their kidney disease, but there are still a lot of things that people can do that can make them feel better, you know, like massage or chiropractic or even just things like aromatherapy. We do really strongly recommend that actually not even just dialysis patients, we recommend that nobody take Chinese herbs because the problem with getting Chinese these herbs in the U.S. They contain lead. <laughs> Roots all look the same, and it's just really hard to know that whether you're getting the right thing, and there have actually been reports in the literature of people having kidney or liver failure due to taking Chinese herbs. That we recommend against, but we just kind of have a lot of information about what all these different things are and whether they might be an okay idea or a not okay idea if your kidneys aren't working so well. When we come back, we're going to talk more, but we got to break for commercial or else we don't get to pay you. Hi, my name is Jenny Huey. There is a critical shortage of organs. 91,000 people are waiting for a transplant. I am one of those people waiting for a kidney like many of you listening. I wait for my transplant coordinator to call me with the good news, that they have a kidney for me. Other young women my age are waiting for that special someone who they met online at that dating website, Match.com, to call. And I'm waiting for the right cross-match. It is important that we all inform our friends, family, and co-workers about the importance of becoming a donor and to make sure they sign a donor card. Also, they need to discuss this very important decision with their family. We all need to bring awareness to the public about the importance of giving the gift of life so I can continue on with my life, dialysis-free, and have guys waiting patiently by the phone for me. with Dora the Explorer. No, I mean Dory Chattel. <laughs> she does explore a lot of things. And She's she into a is, lot of things out there. She is the executive director, Lori, not the uh, person who sweeps the floor. She's the <laughs> executive director of the Medical Education Institute Incorporated in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, right now, it's so beautiful and sunny in California. And um, it's snowing I, in Madison. It's snowing in Madison. Yeah, rub it in. <laughs> But actually, come December, I want to be where the snow is because that gets you into the holiday spirit. Which brings me to a question about your alternative medicine. Did you bring up retail therapy at all? (laughs) What is retail therapy? They have to add that in the newer edition. I'm afraid we left it out. What is retail therapy for those who are ignorant? You don't know what retail therapy is? Is that when you go shopping, Lori? Yeah, and if you see a 75% off sale, it really makes you feel good. Well, and not to mention, it's actually aerobic exercise if you, if you walk really quickly around to every store in the mall and spend all your money. Yes, and you carry bags. I mean, we really need to come up with a fitness program that's, you know, geared around malls and sales and, and you know, try to save as much money but spend as little but carry the most stuff. Why do you think more people choose Hemo in Center now? don't actually think they choose it. I think that what the data show, there's only one large national random study, and it was 10 years old, but what it found is that three out of four people were never told about any option other than in-center hemo. So it's not really so much that people are choosing it as that they're being defaulted into it, 
And when people are told about all the options, somewhere between 45 and 60 percent of them will choose a home therapy. In this country, there's an expectation that patients have to prove that they can take care of themselves, and it should be the other way around. Well, I think the expectations does, are not aligned. And I also think it does come down to, unfortunately, money because the centers are not going to get the money. And a lot of times, the centers are owned by either the doctors or big corporations. Actually, the centers make often make more money off of home therapy than they do for incentives. Well, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about then. <laughs> if you do daily home hemo, that one's tricky because Medicare is only paying for three treatments a week. Mm-hmm. So you do generally need some other kind of insurance also. But any other kind of home, I mean, PD or nocturnal home hemo done three times a week, Medicare pays for those. The center gets just as much, if not more money for those as it does for in-center treatments. Right well, now, do you have a lot of home dialysis use in your area? One of our other websites is Home Dialysis Central. So we are very heavily involved in, in trying to get the word out about um, about home treatment. And when you say home treatment, are you talking about peritoneal or are you talking about an actual hemo machine that you do every night? Yes. Well, that both, you mean? <laughs> yes, both. Okay. I'm interested in, in what I see as number five is coping with kidney disease. How do you tell somebody to cope with kidney disease? That's like saying, just deal with it. You know, I don't know if you could say to somebody specific steps on how to cope with kidney disease. These modules were written, the first draft of them was written by somebody who is actually a clinical psychologist. And that module goes through different sorts of rooms for different emotions, like a red room for anger and the woodshed for, maybe it was a woodshed that was anger, but anyway. Woodshed is where I used to get beaten by my parents <laughs> if I did something wrong. How often was that? I was a foster child. <laughs> now, is the psychologist a kidney patient? Because that's... Um, no, he's a, he actually was not. But in this case, this module, I think, just sort of helps people clarify their own thinking and figure out when they might need some outside help. Okay. When they need yeah, some outside help. They need a, help. a therapist. It's a, you know, a yeah. social worker or, or somebody to talk to, and it, it helps them kind of marshal their own resources in terms of, you know, friends and family who can help them talk with them. It helps them to ask for the help they need, because sometimes it's really hard for people to ask for help. I didn't right. want to bother anybody when exactly. I had kidney disease, to tell you the truth, because I think I'm just as guilty if somebody has some kind of disease, and, and every time I saw them, they just kept talking about their disease. You know, I wouldn't want to hear it after a while, and I was extending the same courtesy to them. I don't think people just wanted to hear about my kidney disease. And to tell you the truth, I didn't want my life to be about a guy who has kidney disease. I just wanted to be have that be one aspect of my life. Exactly. It should never be your whole life. And that's another reason to promote home therapies, because then you get to have a life and fit treatment in versus the treatment being your life. And if you do your home therapy in the middle of the day, in the afternoon and everything, you get to watch Judge Judy. <laughs> well, what's one of your favorite modules? You know, I actually really do like the sexuality and fertility module because that is... Good girl! <laughs> the vascular access module. I like that one a lot. It was a hard one to do. It was a hard one to keep a positive tone, but I, I think we succeeded. Yeah, vascular access is such a complicated issue right now because the providers don't have control all the time of what kind of access a patient's going to get. And so we really need to do a lot of work in that area. Your number one access choice is a fistula? Yes, indeed. Yeah, fistula first. And also, I know that Dory happens to be a fan of buttonhole technique. And you... You did buttonhole too, right? I did buttonhole, yes. But they lied to me. They said, you know, eventually it's going to be like a pierced ear. You won't even feel the needle come in. 
And that was an absolute 100% lie. Really? Yes, it hurt every single time. No kidding. I wonder if your buttonhole happened to be near a nerve, so you were hitting a nerve. Wasn't your wife doing the buttonhole? Yeah, my buttonhole was the kind that was, you know, on a a Levi jeans. It was like metal. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, no, it was really painful each and every time. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It it isn't really. A lot of people say that it's less painful, but, you know, your mileage may vary. Obviously, yours did. I imagine you have a lot of patients that visit your site, but I imagine you also have a lot of healthcare professionals visit your site. Um, Are you seeing a trend that more technicians and stuff are learning more about kidney disease through this site? Well, we kind of sneakily provide continuing education credit, and that helps draw in professionals, because we were finding that we were getting more than we ever expected that we would. So we thought, well, let's bring in even more because the more professionals who know about it, the more they can tell the patients about it. Right. We also send out free postcards for kidney school, and generally we're sending out about 100,000 of those postcards a year. Are there 100,000 people in Madison? There are more than 100,000 people in Madison, but we send them out all over. Oh, I mean, I was there years ago, and all there was was a small cheese cart. I know. You know, I was here years ago, too, and it's much bigger now than it used to be. Oh, wow. I've been here a good long while. Now, what are the long-term effects of kidney disease that you have on your module things? The last module that's going to come up on long-term complications, it covers something called amyloidosis, which is a buildup Mm -hmm. of a waxy protein that can form anywhere in the body. Bone disease, it covers heart disease, and it covers neuropathy or nerve damage. Now, kidney disease uh, causes nerve damage too, uh, like the diabetes? Not exactly. I think what happens is insufficient dialysis can lead to some of those problems down the road because what they find is that folks who do say nocturnal dialysis some of those problems resolve so even if they have heart damage that can start to reverse or if they have amyloid buildup that can kind of start to melt away it's not the kidney disease it's the treatment and the better treatment you get the better you're going to be to avoid those long-term complications and transplant obviously is another way to avoid some of those complications Well, in kidney disease, I mean, patients really don't understand that dialysis is just doing a fraction of what your kidneys regularly do. So the more dialysis that you have, the more of those buildups that you will remove. Exactly. And and I've heard it put like in center hemo maybe keeps you at about maybe the beginning of stage five chronic kidney disease. But if you do daily, maybe you back up to stage four. And if you do nocturnal or you get a transplant, uh, maybe you're stage three. Or transplant, wow. maybe you're even stage two. You know, so you, if you think about it in terms of how good you feel at each of these stages before you move on to the next one, it's like, well, who wouldn't want to get more but treatment? If you have a transplant and your creatinine is within the normal range or slightly above the normal range, wouldn't you say it was doing 100% of the job? Yeah, it, prob- it probably is. But I would also say that, that basically once your kidneys fail, you always have chronic kidney disease to some level. It's just treated better or worse. And with a transplant, it's obviously treated better. Now, does this cost this online school? No, it's free. Oh, my gosh, my favorite thing. Are there any schools out there that are free anymore? You don't have to pay any taxes, like taxes from your homeowners. And, you know, I know all schools cost. Yep, yeah, not this one. How does one go and get to this site? <laughs> ah, well, you would go to www.kidneyschool.org. Well, that was difficult. I know, it's challenging. .org, kidneyschool.org. 
dot org. Okay, I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna learn get a better, about the long term. I'm gonna get a better grade than you. Do you do you grade the people? <laughs> there actually is a pretest and a post test, so we don't grade you, but you can grade yourself. And oh, I wanted you... an A. Can I get a four point <laughs> And uh, can and, it get and, me into college? And if you fail, does it like uh, send a virus to your computer or something or what? <laughs> Will my parents get a note? Over and over until you pass. And as many times as you like. It's kind of like me in traffic school. I do it over and over and over again. (laughs) Exactly. It's a lot like traffic school. Well, keep warm, okay? Yeah, thank you so much for uh, being on Kidney Talk. And um, is there anything in closing you'd like to say? I would say check out Kidney School. You might just learn something that will save your life. Oh, that's a good slogan. Check out Kidney School. You might learn something that'll save your life. I like that. And look into retail therapy. It's back to school time for me. I know. You know what I loved about school is going shopping, obviously. Wait a second. School? What, what's with the shopping? Because every, you know, August, school would start in September, and you get to go buy all kinds of new clothes and new notebooks and pens oh, and pencils. Oh, I, you know what? I You're right. I loved shopping for school supplies, and I would buy the paste that always had that spearmint. Um, you didn't smell it, did you? I ate my paste. You, you ate your paste? I ate my paste. Now that explains a lot. No, but well, this is a great idea, idea to have kidney, kidney school, school. Yes. Yeah, I want to go there and I'm going to check out, of course, the I first know. one, sexuality. <laughs> I figures. Yeah, that's my uh, favorite one, you know. I think you need to go to coping. <laughs> coping. Coping with not having sexuality. <laughs> we can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our healthcare team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.